Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And the Hardy Boys are back together and all elite. Matt and Jeff Hardy, my old friends, talk Jeff's arrival at AEW, Jukin on the run, and how Jeff was able to debut the day after his contract ended with WWE. Jeff talks about the moment he knew it was time to leave WWE, how he really felt when WWE offered him a chance to be inducted as a solo performer into the WWE Hall of Fame, and what he thinks about the creative and artistic freedom at AEW. The Hardys talk about their connection with the Young Bucks, influencing younger performers, the Hardys' final run, and what that really means, and what they hope to accomplish together at AEW. They also talk about bringing back their original ring gear and music at AEW, the origin of Jeff's face paint and how that evolved through the years, and some of the matches they're most proud of. And of course, they got some amazing stories of the late, great Owen Hart. Hardy Boys coming up. And so is the fall leg of Fozzie's Save the World Tour. We had so much fun on the road this spring. We decided to go back out again in September. This time, we're hitting Canada as well, Montreal and Toronto. We start September 8th in Columbus, Ohio at the King of Clubs. FozzieRock.com is all the dates and ticket information, along with details on our legendary VIP meet and greets. Come rock with us this fall, FozzieRock.com for more info in the United States. And we're coming back to the UK as well. That's going to be in November. FozzieRock.com for all ticket and meet and greet information. We are going into a hard launch in the next few days. So just giving you the warning, we're coming back and it's going to be amazing. And tickets are also now available for the Winnipeggers 100th anniversary Shit Mix Celebration live pay-per-view June 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's right. We hit 100 episodes and we're blowing it out with a live party. Celebrate with us. Lots of shenanigans, kazoo playing, imitations, hand-drawn artwork, which will be given away to one lucky person during the show. Tickets available at momenthouse.com slash the Winnipeggers. That's momenthouse.com slash the Winnipeggers. Plus, we're doing an exclusive VIP after party on Zoom, which will be limited to 50 fans. Once again, momenthouse.com slash the Winnipeggers. Get your tickets now for the first Winnipeggers pay-per-view. And here we go with the return of the Hardy Boys right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Change everything. Ah, you'll never push for anything. 
Here with uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy, the big reunion for all three of us. Uh, but I wanted to ask, speaking of reunions, you just posted something that I completely forgot about. Uh, you guys with Gangrel as the new brood. I totally forgot about the new brood. How did that even come about? Very funny. Uh, Jeff and I, we've been doing some touring, obviously, on these independent shows. You know, kind of getting back to our roots. Maybe pocketing a little extra cash. Right. It's, been, it's been a fun time. Because originally it was, it was like the Hardys reunion tour just on the indies right before jeff even came back here yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 that, that's kind of how i promoted then uh, you know lo and behold after he was free the very next day he showed up here so it was very cool <laughs> i mean i had no idea that was yeah, going to happen i'm being honest Straight what a coincidence so the promoter for that event somehow saw a picture of joy janella and gangrel and said hey this guy kind of looks like a vampire can he just be like <laughs> Your understudy, <laughs> and we'll we'll call you the new new brood, which we had, we he'd asked if we do a little promo for, it, and we literally had like two minutes, and we were both had a million things going on. You know, I have a gaggle of children, right? All this stuff, and uh, I just said, hey man, I was thinking instead of calling them the new new brood, I'm going to call them the doo doo brood, <laughs> and that became like our little stupid video for that. It was so childish, but we had it was the biggest. This guy's ran that building for 15 years, and they had the biggest turnout they've ever had there, which was cool. But uh, we were with Gangrel in the very end of the match was that maniac joy janella as we all know from yes. being around these aw right. territories he uh he tried to uh start a little fight with gangrel and then gangrel ended up dropping him with his uh big implant ddt and then he took a twist from jeff and a twist from me and then we reunited we got the got the band back together for one <laughs> night only in that, prince george virginia and that was originally back like in 99 or something like that when yeah. you how did the, what was because i totally forgot about the new brood what was the story behind it is that when michael hayes was involved or something or yeah well it was after they first put us with michael and right. they were trying to to push us a little bit and utilize us and try and make us into like half-ass superstars and they put us with Michael Hayes. And then once the Michael Hayes thing, they felt like it kind of, you know, weren't us welcome or they were ready for us to go and kind of like start speaking more or, you know, be a little more dependent on ourselves as opposed to Michael. Then they ended up having us turn on Michael and we joined Gangrel. And then Gangrel kind of like betrayed Edge and Christian, you know. Right. So then it allowed our rivalry with those guys to keep up. And there was like new stakes involved. Now, we were kind of like half-ass heel, but we were still pretty much all baby faces in the, the, in the context brood. of our matches. <laughs> yeah, so one of the worst <laughs> names ever. You know, they're the brood, and, and it's probably the laziest name. They said, we're going to call you guys the new brood. And I was like, 
the new brood? Question mark? <laughs> Could we have maybe thought this through a little more? Yeah, so, no, no. We, we've already got a branded merchandise out yeah. and everything. The new Cotton brood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's trademarked. Yeah, I remember, honestly, that was the first time I actually started painting my fingernails like black. So I kind of went, oh, God, thinking when we would come up through the flames, we'd put the guns to our heads. And I remember, like, Shane McMahon eventually, oh, you can't do that. It's too suicidal. <laughs> that's, that's like we're just, you know, we're killing ourselves for the business. That's kind of what it means. But, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that, man. Coming up through that fire, with the, it was so, such a we, cool we, we got away with that for a long time, yeah. taking our, uh, you know, hardy guns and putting them to our head, so coming up through the fire. Well, no, no, they, they they allowed it, but then once they caught on, and they're like, oh, okay. when they, when they caught yeah, on, yeah, it was too violent. They said, ah, oh, that's a little too much. You know, we need to let's scale that back a little bit. So, so let's talk a little bit about this. How amazing it is to have you guys together, because this was the first thing that we spoke about way back when Matt first arrived. You know, the the night that was supposed to be the double <laughs> double reveal in Rochester, our first night with no people. But ever since Matt came in, it's been like, I wonder if Jeff will ever come. And it seemed like maybe not because Jeff was under contract and all that sort of thing. Were you always kind of angling, hopefully, that maybe you could get Jeff to come in here? Was that always? Yeah, I, I, I definitely hope so. And, and, and I feel like both of us wanted to kind of end our career on the high note. And we kind of wanted to both go out the same way we came in as a team together. Like, you know, uh, and, and we also felt like it would AEW is the perfect place with, you know, Tony Khan and all the people from top to bottom to allow guys you know, we can all agree. We're all in the same vein. They, they, he treats legends slash veterans. You know, guys who have done a lot of successful things in the business in the proper way, and he utilizes them. He really optimizes their usage. I think so. I knew if Jeff came here, it would really be a great opportunity to really try and cement ourselves as one of the best tag teams ever. What did you think, Jeff, when Matt first came here? Obviously, we've seen this many times before. It's a new promotion, the money guy, this that, and other thing. We all felt the same. Like whatever. When Matt finally came here, did you start thinking might be good for me to come in too? Or totally, man. And the strange thing is, I was coming back from knee surgery. This is when the pandemic had hit, and Matt was going to debut, God. and we both they pretty much uh, he debuted in front of nobody. I came back in front of nobody. Originally, it was supposed <laughs> to be in Detroit in front of you know twenty thousand people, and I was so excited because I'd been through a lot in my personal life right. leading up to that return. Uh, but yeah, which is so strange, and I'll never forget like watching it. And Matt, oh yes, and he teleported from the nosebleeds. Thank <laughs> you. Y'all did a little little one on one. Tony in, was so mad at me. Count. It was the one thing that we were able to squeak through the goalposts of like this, the supernatural wrestling side. Right. Yeah. Afterwards, he was like, "I never should allow that." Yeah, it looked I, like uh, a video game, man. It, it, it totally did. And and it's it's so funny, Jeff, because it's not even funny. It's just what a coincidence. Like you'd had that return from knee surgery, right? So. You your big return debut was the first ever WWE empty arena pandemic era match in the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was you like who did you wrestle that night? Baron uh, Corbin. Baron Corbin. Is that right? First time, so, yeah. so he he was on the very first show that was on that Friday SmackDown. Wow, yeah. That was the first empty arena venue deal. And then mine was uh, however many days later, five days later on a Wednesday, and it was the first AEW empty arena deal. So crazy. Time. Yeah. So what kind of transpired then? Because I, I, obviously there's a lot of stories about how you finally came here. Matt was always kind of, you know, I would always get the scoop. How's Jeff doing? You know, he's keeping an eye on you. Got to keep an eye on Jeffrey. Yeah, but yeah. now, I mean, obviously there was a lot of things that kind of led to you coming here. Uh, some that you might want to discuss, some that you don't. But, but when did you finally make up your mind, like, I'm going to AEW? 
Uh, there was one moment, and it's very simple. Like after uh, they sent me home, they thought I took something, like I was back on the drugs or something. And I said, no, I just didn't. I didn't feel good at all. I'd, I'd done my part of the match. For so some, talk about that. So you're in a match at, yeah. at the live event. Yeah. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know. You just walked. Walked out of I the took match. the heat and then well, I made I made the tag. Also, too, I, I I think you should almost preface this, Jeff, with saying the night before at SmackDown you were in the dark, dark, right? Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I, I was I, I was there late. I, I feel like you were. I feel like you told me you were like in the dark match after TV and like because I know the drive was like four hours and you didn't get into like four in the morning and then just you got calls early for and there was like a family issue and then like you just had a shit night of sleep. And then you ended up going to the show, and you were just kind of burnt. You were just done by that point, especially once they started, you know, uh, making accusations that, you know, you need to be drug tested because you were yeah, altered. Yeah, and the weird thing, I've talked about this so much when they, you know, they ask you, oh, who's your dream match? And I've been saying Roman Reigns over and over again. And this was the first time I was in the ring with Roman Reigns. And, man, it was so just the heat spot. I had onto the ropes, kicked one of the Usos. He clubbed me in the back of the head. I went down, and the reaction was so strong and powerful. I said, this is awesome, but... I can't explain it. I think things in my life happen for a reason, and even subconsciously, uh, when I went over that guardrail, I mean, I was done. I started, it was just some unpredictable, uh, erratic behavior that Jeff Hardy does from, from time to time, and uh, I didn't think it would, it, it would result in them drug testing me, like when I got home on that Monday, rushing the drug test, drug test, and then the next day they say, go to rehab or we're uh, going to release you. So, I mean, and that's just, I'm not, I'm not leaving my family for... 28 days uh, to save my job right and you've been through this so many times and, and when you say that you're clean you're clean you're off the drugs like you mentioned right yeah for sure so, so I just love the fact because it's such a it's such a punk rock thing to do it's like eh, I'm just gonna leave I'm just gonna walk out I, I, like, what was the reaction that you got instantly were people calling you like, was, was Johnny Ace calling you or whoever like where are you no, I was just uh, taking pitch. I love the people, man, you know, and, and I got such a great connection with the, any really wrestling do. universe, yeah. you know, and, and I, I can't explain that other than me just being me throughout my whole career, never really changing, letting ego, like, take control. Uh, but, no, it was just uh, after the match. It was like uh, I, I said I'm sorry to everybody. Sorry, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, but <laughs> evidently it was because, honestly, it's my history. Yeah. I have a history. Right, of, you have the, pre the precedent. It's yeah, sad. so the person I had to talk to every week or every other week as far as, like, after I went to rehab, I, like, I had to report to him, and I got so sick of that because I was like, I felt like I had to do it to keep my job, mm -hmm. which I guess I, I could have just said, look, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, but it just, I felt trapped, man. I felt trapped. And that, that day, it was such a good feeling because uh, I said, look, Johnny, all I need is my, if my family believes in me, that's all I need. You know, that, that, that's all that matters to me. You know? and, so. and two, as crazy as it sounds, like, you know, that, that was kind of like coined as erratic behavior, him jumping over the guardrail. I mean, that's like a total Jeff Hardy thing. I mean, mm. I could see that. I mean, that's not like not out of character because he is just, he's like a, a weird in some right, ways, you know what I mean. Right, I mean, right, he right. just does he does different things like that, which uh, which isn't out of the the ordinary for him. You know, mm -hmm. so he, even when he did it, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But you know, then they obviously you get it with his history, and they did the drug test and everything else. And he can probably go into that story. Like once it came back clean, and they realized he was clean, he was being totally honest and transparent about everything. They like held off and gave him the drug test results too, because they knew they were going to look bad in the big scheme of things. So how does that make you feel, Jeff? I mean, obviously, like you said, I mean, we've all been through it before. You know, young years doing crazy stuff, and you're saying I am clean. You can test me all you want, and then when they get the result that it's clean, they won't tell you. It's almost kind of insulting. It's like, okay, I would rather them say we were wrong. You you were clean. That would almost make you feel like, okay, well, maybe I'll stay here. 
You know what I mean? I'm not saying it would, but you, I would appreciate that a lot more than just hiding these results from, from me. Yes, Brutal. It, it all comes down to this. The guy that I was reporting to made that decision, and they trusted him over me because he's a professional, you know, So as far as recovery and sobriety. How does that benefit you, them, holding the results back? It doesn't. Right. Uh, it doesn't. It took forever to get them back. So I want to like like use that. I got this idea for a music video, and I think it might come into play. Just where I like see, and I look through all the negative results, and, and for this one of these these new songs I have. Uh, but yeah, overall, just subconsciously or whatever, it was one of the smartest things I've ever done. The first day here in AEW, man, I felt valuable again. In WWE, I felt like I've said this many times. I just felt like some ghost that was had a cool career and influenced and inspired a lot of people. But I just you know, Survivor Series, there's a glimmer of hope. Like with me and Seth tore it up towards the end and he, he wins and the, the crowd was just so with me every night yeah uh, that, that was so great man yeah. yeah and I was just so like one of the most popular guys there and just I think my time with Roman might have been after Mania uh, this past this year but I mean I don't know it don't matter now I'm just looking back at last week that match with Darby Allen I said okay I'm right where I'm supposed to be yeah it's interesting because some guys and, and we'll talk about the Darby match but I, at the moment I met Darby I worked with him in week three here and uh, he, he, I remember he said to me, I, I want to do this spot where you tape my hands behind my back and I do these. I'm like, how, how, how am I going to tape? Like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, this is. And then I thought about it. Like, okay, take your head out of your ass. This is actually really cool. So he made, a, made it like a street fight where I could tie his hands. And just the way he talks and acts and the videos he makes and the art that he does. I was like, you remind me exactly of Jeff Hardy in that there's this X factor cool complete original unique guy that mm -hmm. people flock to and you've always had that uh from day one until now and it always makes me laugh how, how and, and this is not bashing on WWE, but they, they would find ways to try and ignore that you know like i saw one time you you came out with the 24 7 guys not that there's anything wrong with that but when there's 24 7 guys i mean come on this is opening match guys and, and then just jeff hardy like how did how did that come about and how did that make you feel it was uh, i mean i feel bad about saying this because i'm so easy to work with i'll do yes. pretty much whatever but i was i was pretty crushed that day i was like okay this is it i don't i don't know why i'm here this is this is great they're really doing this to me and, and that, that's not an arrogant thing to say was just, i felt like i just i felt ashamed and like i shouldn't be doing that but i did it and yeah. i was like man what 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 does this mean i did i did one of those two one time they had me uh, run the you? hall before i'd left yeah I, I was running down a hall, like chasing someone in our truth or somebody, and it was just one of the things like, oh, God, you just because you know how those people are viewed, and then for them to put put you in that category, it's just like, come on, man. And that's not being arrogant to say that because anybody that's even involved with, I mean, here's a former world champion, Matt Hardy, also a former ECW champion, and all the legendary stuff that you guys have done. It really is kind of, a, to me, a slap to the face. You know? Yeah, for sure. I, I it that felt way. that way. I yeah, mean, for sure. But you know, the the creatures, my people, they had my back. You know, I guess something was trending the next day. I can't believe you are treating him like that. You know. Yeah. Something and I don't pay attention to any of that either, but uh, yeah. But it, still, you got a you got a huge fan base for sure. That yeah, so yeah, excited so, yeah. to have you. Yeah, it felt a little degrading for sure. So so finally, you know, we work out the time frame. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about, but, but you mentioned your first night in 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 AW, which was in Fort Myers, I believe yes. it was. So how was that for you, Jeff? I mean, obviously you you've worked a couple of companies other than WWE, bounced around a little bit, but I'm sure Matt had told you the same thing I told Matt. I remember being on the phone. Yep. I was in uh, downtown Disney, dude. I did the same with Moxley and FDR. Dude, you guys got to come here. Like, mm -hmm. You don't even understand. And you kind of think, okay. And then you get here and you realize, 
Holy shit. Yeah. Well, was it the same for you too, Jeff? Yeah, I was super nervous, and it, it was like uh, extremely stressful. I mean, because we nothing really happened until I was legally free. Right. You know, and there was just something that had leaked at one of my music shows. This little kid that does a YouTube, he'd ask me questions. Oh. I, they enhanced the audio, and I pretty much, oh, yeah, I'm going. I didn't know until this morning. I'm going to AEW. <laughs> and then that blew up, and oh, he's just spoiled everything. But I was just super nervous, and, you know, it's a new world. And, um, but yeah, like six o'clock that morning, we just got our girls up for school. And a text finally came through from Bryce, I believe, about travel. You're on so-and-so yeah. flight. We can't get you directly to, you got to go to Tampa and then get you a car service. So, okay, it's really happening. So all my stuff was ready. And, uh, yeah, and, and luckily everything worked out the day after. I mean, immediately, man, straight into a new, a new world of pro wrestling was, was a, very, a, a very cool rush, man. And even <laughs> after that running juke I tried to pull off, kind of went down to save my brother you know i was like okay that's the moment that'll pretty much uh, become a part of wrestling history <laughs> i uh I, and, and and once again that's on me even like if you say uh you know the the teleportation thing you know like I, one of the funniest stories i i gotta say this is i, I remember we, i came down the night before and remember how we shot the thing like i was in one side of the building and the other and then we got there the, the idea was it was gonna be like the ring totally like the ring and, girl and, comes and you and showed she's me here like the ring like the japanese ring girl and, she's here i love how you hit me with conviction you said that was really great what you did. like this is how we want to do it yeah. <laughs> and you told me and you directed it and it was great though it was so good so, that was great but this is how i want to do it <laughs> and we, you showed me the ring and i totally got it anyway that's just a little sidebar right so uh, when we were talking about this i just talked to mega a little bit and she's like well, what do you think jeff because tony is legit he wouldn't talk to him you know very cognizant about very cognizant yeah. very aware and and they they spoke to me they said well if if jeff is free at the end of it like if he had a contract and we kind of mirrored your contract do you think that'd be fine you know and i was like yeah I, th I think i think so that'd be great i mean that's the stuff he's looking for and uh and then as i was talking to her we were going through and i just said hey uh mega and it was the day before i said like as soon as it turns like 1201 you think maybe we could like set up a flight or whatever you know like if it's uh, totally transpired because like i, I want to make sure we this all this works we've kind of have an idea but i want to make sure it becomes real and it's right. like a reality and it was 6 20 in the morning i got a text from bryce like oh i'm sorry can i get like your brother's information <laughs> <laughs> you know and then they couldn't get him on the same flight as me but you know we got him down here and, and everything happened and i remember telling my guys, whenever they all turned on me, it's like, look, man, I think you guys should like whip the shit on me, beat my ass. But then once that Hardy Boys music hits, and we knew we had the original Hardy Boys music set, they actually had that. What what a godsend How, that was! Tell this story, and then we'll go yeah. back to that. You know, it was in it was in the the Warner Media Library. You know, and it, somebody it, doesn't own the copyright for the music. No. It it is it is a a, a a song that is just licensed and they didn't like lock it down. Oh, so that's not like a Jim Johnson no, or something that just came out of the. Oh wow! You can hear it in commercials and stuff. It's all on the all time. kinds of reality and, shows. And, yes. and and I knew we had that in our back pocket, right? So I was like, I think the you know the HFO guys turn on me, whip the shit out of me for a little bit, but once that music hits. Is gonna get a great reaction, and I feel like you guys should all stop. Like, what the hell? And all turn towards it and just stop beating me. I said, and Jeb, I think you should come out and f do the juke. You're a huge star, and this is a big deal. I don't want to like burn through your entrance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I feel like he was looking too. Like, a couple guys stayed on me, kicking me or whatever. And he's like, oh, I, I mean, I, I kind of want to do the juke, but he ran too. And I love the fact that people were like, oh my God, he's out there dancing while his brother's getting his ass kicked. That became a, like a gif, it became a meme. It, it did. It's, it's, it's a running juke. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's one of my favorites, man. Oh, man. So that, silly. That, that entrance the first night is a running juke.
It is. It's funny what people people uh, connect with and, and stick. Like that was the thing. All anyone was talking about, and there was all these videos and gifts and memes on, like you said, the running juke. Yeah. yeah, but you weren't even thinking about it. You do it a couple of times, you run. Suddenly, that's everybody focuses on that, right? Yeah, well, for sure. I didn't know what I was going to do, man. But I said, I think I'm, let me get the best of both worlds here. Kind of run and juke at the same time. It looks so silly. And you know, like man, wrestling fans, especially in oh, this yeah. day and age, they're so particular about everything. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if this would have happened in the Attitude Era, brother, it'd been the greatest thing ever. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? It's funny though, like like the they're juke, very picky. which I'm sure is just something that you just did, just because you're Jeff Hardy. Now it's an actual dance that I've been watching your videos of you go to independent shows and everyone's doing oh, the juke, the kids yeah. are doing the juke. We, th- so th- there people. will be people in the locker room and say, oh my God, if you guys do jukes at the end, if, Jeff, if you do the juke, can I come out and dance with you? You know, because you know how it is too. We hear that. You were my childhood. We hear it all, through, <laughs> know, that all the time now, too. Right? I remember one time I told Undertaker something along the way. I said, easy now, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I almost take it as a compliment. Like, yeah, hell yeah, now. man. We're still, we're still rocking yeah, it's and rolling. Us now. That's right. Yeah. What did you think of, of Tony Khan when you, when you met him and kind of his whole vibe and his attitude, Jeff? Oh, I loved it from the first. I, I actually met him at uh, Ric Flair's anniversary party like a long time ago. Oh, right. Yeah, and I had no idea who he was or, you know, but then when he said, yeah, I own this company called AEW, I said, no, sh- oh, wow, this is crazy. But yeah, we had a great time and the, the first impression was an incredible experience just getting to know him and now actually working for him. is just, I mean, it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. You know, it's interesting because um, we were talking about when you came here, uh, then there was another story that I heard about. I haven't asked you about it. And it's been quite publicized about WWE then calling you. I was about to bring this up, yeah. Please do. Tell the story. Y- y'all tell me. Like, Let's say I did uh, take advantage of that and went to the Hall of Fame 2022. But, right. but I was working with, with AEW. Is that even possible? Well, so the thing is, so, so they, they once realized that they're in the wrong, but they're not going to admit it. The way around is like, let's invite Jeff into the Hall of Fame. So tell us about that call and kind of what you said. We we'll just get him back April, under a which, deal and we'll be back to business. Which would have been in April, right? April, April. yeah, WrestleMania April, time. And which yeah, April, naturally, yeah. like, I'd have been here March 9th or whenever my contract like yeah, ran so out. A month later. So I, I couldn't help but think about it. it was I, I cried a little bit because it, it, I was like, well, first of all, I don't want to go in there without my brother, and I, I, it's not my time. I, I'm, I, this is too early. This this is crazy. Uh, so yeah, it was very emotional, man. I was like, what are they trying to do? Because naturally, I'm going to be re- reuniting with my brother in AEW now that when I'm free at WWE. So, uh, yeah, I just went in there and I told my wife what had happened. I was like, I, I can't believe what, what they just offered me. Um, so he's very emotional, man. But I, I happily uh, declined it. You know, they, I mean, it was just for you, not for Matt and exactly, just for yeah, Jeff. Just, yeah. yeah, because you've inspired and influenced. You know, you've been such a unique individual or whatever it is. So I get that. And that's what I love about my wrestling career. I, I feel that. Each and every time I get out in a ring, but I, I'm not ready for the Hall of Fame. You know, the best thing is Jeff's telling this story. There's some kind of emotion thing on the chair. The chair's <laughs> going up. The legs are going up. The back yeah. is going up. Oh, <laughs> He's just stuff. reclining. Yeah. <laughs> now, how did that make you feel, Matt? When oh, my they, God. I mean, you know, obviously, we know what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, the, and the time will come for both. But were you just kind of sitting back going, okay, I get it. And, uh, you know, it was... Once again, man, I, I, you know, I was in the midst of trying to also help him get those results, just kind of clear his name, because I know they told Jeff, yeah, Jeff called me, I'll never forget, because we were in Long Island last week, whenever yeah, we were recording this, right, you know, yeah. we're here in Houston today, and last week we were in Long Island, and I remember telling Jeff, whenever we got in our rental car and we were driving away from the airport, I said, holy shit, man, this is, this is where you called me, this is where Jeff called me that morning, he said, dude, I just got the phone with Johnny, 
after the stuff. And I was driving to the airport the next morning after a dynamite. It was on a Thursday. And uh, the, the first dynamite we did there in Long Island, they said, uh, they told me if I don't go to rehab, they're going to release me. So I just I told them, let me go. You know, because I don't need to go to rehab. I'm not leaving my family. I don't have a problem. I'm good and whatever. Like, they, they didn't wait on the results of the drug test. So I was like, what the hell, man? You know, they, they had to listen to the counselor guy that he was talking about. And I'll, I'll never forget that moment. I was like, dude, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I told you him and his wife, Beth, and they didn't get the results. And we all know those, you know, those just uh, those, those tests come within... 10 days, yes. two weeks. Too and I was like, you should have had it by now. Then it's three weeks. Then it's four weeks. I'm like, come on, man. We've got to like, we, we've got to get on them to supply this because they told him they weren't going to say anything about this rehab thing. Now that he's not doing it, they said, we're not going to put it out there. I feel like Johnny said that, right? It's just going to be like a a, a a quiet thing. Yeah, but then naturally. But then it got leaked, out, yeah. you know, and they're going to protect themselves. That's how they do business. And, and you get that from their perspective. Yeah. And then, uh, and then like once they, the test came back clean, and negative, then like you know, they they held out on it, and then I remember the the he called me. I said, "You're not going to believe what just happened." They just called me and asked me to go in the Hall of Fame, and he gave me the whole speech. I said, "Oh my God! Like what a tactic!" <laughs> you know, this is four or five weeks out, and they're just they're kind of throwing a hail mary yeah. to do what they can because there's no way they would have had you go be in the Hall of Fame without some sort of deal. They would have wanted some sort of agreement to have you locked in. I I, I feel like the the point of that was very blatantly to keep you at WWE and stop you from going to AEW. Yeah, maybe I should have said, do I have to go to rehab to be inducted? <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, I think a few years ago when AEW first started, didn't Billy Gunn get inducted as part of DX? He did. That? And Hunter made some kind of... Yeah, a, the piss-ass company, piss company or something. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can technically happen, I guess, if they wanted to. Yeah. You know, so I guess you could have went in, but like you said, it's more of a Hail Mary just trying to have you yeah. stick around, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how is it for you guys? I mean, obviously, Matt... Uh, Jeff has gone and done his own thing. You've changed characters a few times with uh, Broken Matt and then the HFO, the Big Money Matt. All of them were very successful. How is it for you guys to now come back together and you're the Hardy Boys? Uh, it's It's been so great and, and just so refreshing to, you know, it's so refreshing to compete somewhere where you're so respected and like you're your legacy and your history it feels respected on that level and be utilized in a certain way so so it's been great and and all these shows that we have been doing in, in different independent companies we've been like having the longest lines you know at all our signings and stuff which is really cool and you know i'm kind of putting the label of it's the hardy's final run and we're not going to say how long it's going to be you know but but, it's but, like but it's been 20 years right right exactly <laughs> exactly that, that's what we're that's what we're gunning for you know but but it's been so great it's been so much fun just like traveling with him again and being able to interact with my brother especially when we were apart you know during my last couple of years at WB, he was injured the majority of the time, so I was kind of alone on the road. And then they added time to his contract. He finished that that time out, so he was kind of alone on the road. So after three or four years of being separated, it's so nice to be together and like catch up and be so tightly bonded once again. Let me ask you: This is interesting because this is. I think I know what you're going to say for the answer. Jeff has always kind of still had the Jeff Hardy gear. Yeah. It's never really changed. It's Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy has worn all sorts of different gears and thought, uh, costumes and all that sort of stuff. When you put together this Hardy Boys, you're back in the gear that you wore in the 90s. Yeah. Is this to keep the Hardy Boys kind of, this is what they look like? Did you ever think about changing it at all or updating it? We have, and I had I have uh, I, I've mentioned to Jeff, and I've talked about getting some different style pants made actually mm -hmm. to maybe update a little bit. And I think so, but I feel like 
especially from the jump. I think just a good throwback yeah. and just that nostalgia almost works every single time. And you are right. The stuff that I'm wearing, I had a, I had one pair of pants that were really beat the shit up that were good. And I actually had the... Uh, the night we had the match with the private party, the, the uh, zipper blew out on them, which was so funny. And I, and I went over to, to our seamsters and had her actually sew up my fly so it would stay, stay intact. And then there was another pair of pants I had that just had a broke button that were still pretty new and fresh. I got a new button put on them, and I've been rocking that. All the shirts and pants that I'm wearing are stuff that we legitimately wore in the 90s, yeah, which yeah, is wild. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. How did that look ever come about? I don't think we ever discussed that. Because it was a very unique look that no one else really wore. Uh, different from everything else that was going on in 98, whenever it was, 99, 2000. Was that uh, the Michael Hayes? Yeah. Like uh, we, Vince Russo, I think. It was the makeover time, right? Yeah. Like, I want to see hair in their face and just wearing something different. So we went to the mall to find something. And, we, and do you remember when Michael first pitched? So so they just posted Michael Hayes. And this is after you guys have been... You've been you've been uh, sewing your own tights. Yes, we we were the the OG young bucks at that point. You know, wearing tassels <laughs> and headbands and everything. That's right. And uh, so so they put us with Michael Hayes, and they they want to rebrand us, and you know they want us to reinvent ourselves, whatever. And Michael said, "Oh, we're debuting earlier. We thought we had a week, but now shit, we got to go to the mall right now and buy something. We got to go to the mall, guys." And then we go to the mall, and uh, he said, "I was just thinking maybe we should you know rock some tight jeans, maybe get some get some cowboy boot." type looking boots and you know a big belt buckle and I, I don't know you think we should wear flannels maybe like I mean he's basically I mean, it's like a free birds and Jeff I remember Jeff said being just cool as he could possibly Jeff said oh that's cool Michael but what if we kind of like updated and made it a little more like 1990-ish you know what I mean yeah and thank God for stores back then like well Hot Topic's still around but there was just we, one store Gadzooks is where we got Gadzooks that's what Gadzooks was the stuff back then and you that's could buy all that stuff off the rack back then yeah, yeah. the tie and then but we ended up getting like a sponsorship somewhat from t, t Riley. Right? They, they would send us the sh- the like a shit ton of shirts to, to wear on tv and uh yeah with those kickwear pants and man i just uh, the material back then is it's you still got the one pair now right it's that same material mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. i just yeah. got this, it's like microfiber now it's not yeah, the they, same they don't make the they don't make it like them anymore but man them, yeah. yeah and that's how it all started i'll never forget michael coming out of that dressing room with <laughs> but the, it, with <laughs> even before that we went in there and we thought michael might still rock the freebird stuff we we weren't sure and then i remember he said he said remember guys he said we're gonna be if this is the new run of the birds he said we're gonna do everything as a team he said we eat together we travel together Hell, we're going to heal a hotel room and we stay together, although you guys will alternate the, the cots every night. He said, so we're going to do everything as a team. And then Jeff and I, we went in and we tried these pants on and then the tight shirts, the, you know, the, the look that it was then. And then we came out. We said, oh, what, what do you think, man? We, this is something different. Nobody's ever doing it. And it's not too uncomfortable. We could probably wrestle in it. And these pants are stretchy or whatever. They, they won't tear real easy. And uh, he said, it looks good. And I remember he said, y'all got my size? And he, he took his ass in there and he tried. He got it. They got, you know, he got the, the big waist. He got the tight shirt. And I'll never forget he came out and he had his belt like hiked up so big over his belly button, you know. And like we were real thin, slender, had abs and shit. You know, our pants were low. It was up high, man. He was committed to the gig, though. He rock and rolled it, man. The best thing is, is he was probably younger then than we are now. He, he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Think about that, right? He was yeah. like 41, 42. That's right. So the Hardy Boys are back in AEW. You guys have had some 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 great matches. And let's talk about the Darby one. Because, Matt, you've evolved the same way that I've evolved. Like, mm-hmm. we were high flyers. Yeah. But not really like exactly. the high flyers for the day, you know, yeah. top ropes and maybe a moonsault or whatever. But it's the character and the story. I mm-hmm. find that we have a lot of connection there. Yep. Jeff was one of the original of this era 
high flyers. Like yeah. the stuff that you did is exactly what Sammy does now. And with, uh, Sammy did a, a leg drop from a, a, a huge ladder in Minneapolis for that pay-per-view we had against the UFC guys. And I was like, well, that's a Jeff Hardy movie you know, over oh, wow. the top and down. Yeah. So, Jeff, you had a match last week with, with Darby that was absolutely incredible from this style of wrestling that I, 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 could, I could never do it. You know what I mean? And just the, the fearlessness you, that you showed. And Darby was a perfect dance partner for you because he's, like I said, he's exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Talk about that match because there was some stuff in there that was absolutely insane on both sides of the coin. And you just take it all in stride, man. Like after you're like, hey, man, that was, that was cool, man. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. are you still doing that style? Not still. This is your style. It's muscle memory at this point. So you just do it and it's no problem. Yeah, pretty much, and then and naturally this was kind of built as a dream match, and you know I mentioned was. yeah, and so especially like with with him like reminding so many people of me in my younger days, um, and and I've said this many times too. I said it's not gonna. I think I told Tony Khan, Tony Khan the week before. I said it's gonna be more like a stunt show, not a wrestling match. And then Darby said in his interview, I think he might be right. It's gonna be more like it's just two, we're two stunt men, not really. Jeff actually wrestling. said that. When he did my podcast, it was the first time he said it. We were actually doing a thing talking about us re- reuniting or whatever, and I uh, said, "Oh, you know, you just two of the, you know, one of the uh, one of the greatest tag teams ever in professional wrestling. You know, how does it feel to be a professional wrestler of that caliber?" You know, he's asked, and Jeff said, "I don't know. I, I feel like I'm more of a stunt man than a professional wrestler," <laughs> which is such a, it's just so amazing. And I've said that a lot over the years, but uh, and even like in my interview, just it kind of came out. I said something like. Uh, our chemistries will embrace one another. And I was like, wow, that was, where'd that come from? That, that makes so much sense because we're so similar. We're such similar creatures in the way we see the world, I believe. Uh-huh. Him being a skateboarder, me being a motocrosser. Call. Especially we've talked about, you know, uh, he, he's been to Pastrana land. Travis Pastrana is one of the most popular, like, yeah. extreme, like, uh, freestyle motocross guys in the world. Uh, he's been out there, and I, hopefully we'll get out there one day with Darby. We can do some stunts together. But... Uh, it was just a perfect chemistry, man, and and that match was so fun for me. That's my comfort zone, that style of match, you know, other than the regular pro wrestling match. So I was just so excited, and after it was over, the adrenaline wore off. I was sore, and the next day he texted me, said, "Hey, man, I, how you doing? You good?" I said, "I'm a little sore, it's not too bad, but I was hurting pretty bad." And I said, "How about you?" And he said. Uh, surprisingly, I don't feel anything. <laughs> you are, you're an alien. One of the things Jeff said is like, after uh, Darby did that big uh, that dive on him uh, from the ladder and they on landed the on chairs. the bed of chairs yeah. or whatever, like what a maniac move. Yeah. And they hit that and they said, Lindo, and, and Darby's like, that was a fun ride. <laughs> and Jeff, after the match, he came back and said, yeah, he said, I'm going to be a little sore tomorrow. And he already hurt his ankle the, the week before against Bobby Fish. He just said, damn, man. He said, I miss those days of being in my late 20s and invincible. Because <laughs> that's where Darby's at right now. Oh, well, dude, you took that one bump, too, from the from the top post to the stair. Yeah. And just, yeah. you landed on the stair and it's a little, there's no, you just like, Wow! Bounce off it. Yeah, and it shot me straight up to the guardrail, kind of like Good no give whatsoever. I was like that, like knowing what we yeah. know about taking oh bumps. God. That one was like, that one to me might have even been worse than the chair because at least there was an impact of you catching him for a second. Yeah, I know there's little still bit chairs. Of, yeah, it's not yeah. that much, but you just hit that damn stair, and I was like, "Good lord, man!" Yeah, and the, the, it was just so cool working with him for the first time. Uh, 
uh, leave it even the spot when he did the beautiful ninja roll over the stairs. Then I, I met him with that clothesline. He did the backflip, but like right before I made contact with the clothesline, he said, "Oh shit!" It just like <laughs> like it was a real real fight happening. <laughs> oh shit! He beat me to the punch. <laughs> I just love that about pro wrestling. Oh, man. Yeah, that's great. When you meet Darby, because like I said, it's the He's same a that's, method performer. <laughs> that's right. That's why I had a few years ago. I had uh, Jeff and Mox on the show when Mox first came up because I was like, "Oh, you remind me so much of Jeff Hardy." Oh my god! And you hear this all the time with Darby when you meet each other. Is it one of those things where like yeah this guy is kind of like me is it like i don't even see any relation whatsoever <laughs> definitely from an artistic outlook on everything like especially with the videos he does and i was like this guy this is cool all the black and white stuff and even the representation of what his face is kind of like he's kind of half dead half alive you know with whatever even some of his shirts look so cool at our meet and greets we've seen some of these shirts i've never seen before so, wow it's amazing yeah. but yeah it's just like uh yeah two two art guys man i guess uh two human art forms you know you know just meeting each other for the first time was like it was very uh neat to hear him say hey man i'm darby hey man i'm jeff here we are we can it's, actually it's work each other to now. be right, yeah right, 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 right. yeah for sure how about just the interactions you've had with uh with sting because you guys had some great stuff matt and i still have never been in the ring with sting ever oh wow. never oh, even wow. ever once and i mean you've it, done some great stuff with him both you guys have yeah it, it was a, a thrill when we get to have that a uh, six-man tag at the uh, Revolution pay-per-view with Sting in it. You know, it was where he, it was his idea right from himself, I really need to do something, you know, like to really highlight myself. And he did the thing where he jumped off the balcony yeah. through the four tables, which was so great. And I got to work with him a lot in that match. And I actually got to work with him in TNA back in the day in 2011 mm-hmm. a little bit. But like what, just, he's the best, man. Like, you know, because it's, it's weird. Sting kind of like falls almost a generation ahead of you and I in, sure. in some ways where he lies. And he's just still out there and like he's so committed to performing and like he'll take chances and he's there to like help other talent and he'll give input and he just goes about it with the best attitude of all time you know he's just so amazing to be around and it's been truly just a thrill being able to work with him it's one of those things that i always appreciate like you know he's gosh 10 or 11 years older than i am and like you said he doesn't have to do anything but he does yeah he wants to be involved and he wants to to, he doesn't want to just be floating around you know and He's doing those dives and, and, and all this stuff. And just being, you guys, was it the four-way match you guys had where you guys fought all around the arena? Like just being, it was you guys in Sting and Darby, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the HFO. Yeah. I mean, just yep. seeing that, like, here's Sting with the Hardy Boys and yeah. Darby. It's, it really yeah. is kind of three generations of kind of very similar attitudes. Absolutely. You know, Even that swanton from the window insane. I mean, it was so sketchy up there because it was like, I don't know, not even a foot wide, you know. Oh, yeah, no kidding, it's a ledge. Yeah, and then but then Sting that day said, if you don't want to do it, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll yeah, dive on a group of people. Like, All right. What? <laughs> they, were, they were talking about Darby said, uh, Darby said, oh, I found this real cool ledge, you know, this is what I could jump off of, maybe on a bunch of guys, whatever. And you could see Sting, he's like looking back and just, you can tell his wheels are turning and he looks at me and he goes, he, he goes, wants it. And he goes, he says, like very aggressively too, he goes, Matt, you don't want to jump off that, do you? <laughs> and I go, I mean, well, if it fits, I mean, I will. You know, it's not really my wheelhouse, so to right. say. But, like, if, if it fits where I jump off, I will. I'll jump into a box. He said, the re- the, I'm sorry. I mean, the reason I'm saying this is, like, I'll do it. I'll do it if you guys want me to. And Jeff, Jeff had already kind of half us been volunteered by Darby to do it anyway with the swine time. <laughs> so Darby found that. I was wondering, who the hell even noticed yeah, that yeah. it was up there? He did, yeah. He found, he found out where he was going to do his uh, fall down the stairs, you know. So he had his, like, spot there, like, gruesome spot. Uh, but then, yeah, he saw that one. He said, somebody could jump off of that, probably. Said, yeah, yeah, I guess they could. <laughs> so there's a lot of dream matches here uh, with the Hardy Boys. There's another thing I love about AEW. Like, yeah. If the Hardy Boys are reunited in WWE, that's cool. But there's a lot more teams here 
I think that people are really excited to see. And uh, we can discuss a lot of them, but the one right out of the gate, and you guys have probably thought about it too, is with the Young Bucks. Yes. I know you had one years ago, but it's only been one. It's never been on national TV, correct? Yeah. I mean, the the, the biggest high-profile match we had with the Young Bucks, we, we worked with them a couple of times. We did a deal where we worked with them on a couple indie shows. Uh, which were very cool matches, but like you said, they haven't been seen by the uh, by the the broad major population. Right. And then we had a, a ladder wars match. We beat them for the we showed up and beat them for the Ring of Honor tag titles in a real quick match. And then we had a big blow off match, which was the night before our return at WrestleMania 33, right? Which was the ladder war, and we did like 30, 31 minutes, and and that's like a pretty legendary match right now. But you know, people are so excited to see us mix it up again, and uh, and we're looking forward to it too. Like I, I think there's a a great series of historic matches we can have with these guys. Have you already discussed that with Tony Khan about the chances of doing it? Or? We have. We've talked about it, and uh, I feel pretty confident it'll be happening sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else, uh, other teams, have you guys thought about would be good matches for you guys? I, uh, I I definitely would love to do something with Sting and Darby at some point. I think that's a, a babyface versus babyface match, but I think it'd be cool. Uh, FTR is another team who's like really red hot right now. Really kind of came into the. We ever worked with them? They're Carolina guys too, aren't they? We did. We, we uh, did one time in WWE. We worked with them one time in WWE in a super quick TV match, which basically ended up being a nothing match. And then uh, and, and the Lucha Bros is a team that we had Ooh. wrestled with one time on a WrestleCon, but also to have like a legitimate rivalry with those guys would be awesome. So as far as outside of AEW, because I know you mentioned even before Jeff came here, the Hardy Boys final tour of going around. Do you guys do a lot of independent matches still, signings as well? Yeah, we, we have been. We have a, have a weekend off, you know, getting ready for the big pay-per-view and everything coming up. You know, Jeff's going to tell you in just a minute how I've been overworking him, you know, but like, we're going to try to make a couple bucks while we can. <laughs> Overbooking, big time. Oh, man. I need my home time, my grass cutting time. Yeah. He's a man. He's, I think that he said part of that big money mass still lives in him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely money hungry, man. But this is a much easier schedule than what you had in WWE, though. Well, for sure. Like when, like when you're on, you know, it's four nights a week in WWE when you're on all the live events. Uh, but like with the way he's overbooking, it's, it's <laughs> the busiest I've been, like, which is great. I mean, we're great. But yeah, it's, uh, we just got to modify things here, at least a couple yeah. weekends off every month. And we've got that right. You know, right now from the jump, once he was free, people were really, they were going crazy. Like, there's so many people out there. If anybody's listening to this podcast, I'm sorry I didn't contact you back. We're like very, people have the, the, reached out to us insanely. So, you know. It's one of those things. We kept us busy for the first couple months, and now we're going to be into a good groove. But it's cool because there's teams out there now. And with, with Papa Khan, with Tony Khan, he allows us to go out and do it. And it's cool because there's still matches we can have that are kind of like very cool, you know, some, some maybe even dream matches, you know, like out on the indies now and, 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 and get to do them one time, which is, is very, very neat. And, uh, you know, we, we had a match just recently with Enzo and Cass, which oh, was wow. really fun working with those guys. We worked the SATs, which we'd never worked with before, mm. which was kind of like, you know, a, a team that did a lot for the current style of tag team wrestling. Right. They forgot their proper dues on, That's a, on, true. A, on a big platform or whatever. You know, and uh, a lot of people still want to see us and the Briscoes again. And I'm sure at some point we'll get that, but we'll probably wait till the correct platform before right, we do right, it. Right, right, right. So there, there's been a lot of cool matches that have been going on. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, one thing, when I think of the Young Bucks, like we never got to do before – we returned to WWE in 2017 was uh, the cinematic match called Too Sweet or Delete. You remember that idea? Uh, <laughs> man, so hopefully that, and if the Broken Hardys ever do resurface, I look so forward to that. We, we, you know, before we went back to WWE, I, I don't even know if you, you know this, but like... We haven't really talked about that. We can talk all about that if you yeah, want. Yeah, even with the Bucks. So we were talking, 
pretty regularly with the Bucks at, at, at this point. Like, and we had Ring of Honor and TNA had had this big falling out from back in the day. With they used to do talent exchanges, and they had a big falling out, and they they really weren't working with one another. And we had kind of like mended this bridge. And if we were going to resign now that Anthem had taken over TNA, we had it set where we were going to do an interpromotional angle with the Young Bucks versus the Broken Hardies, which is going to be on TNA television and Ring of Honor television. And we like had a series of matches we were going to do, and ultimately one of them we were going to get in at the Hardy Compound was that Too Sweet or Delete match back then. <laughs> you know, so so th- that that would have been a big deal. Like when I showed up on the screen at Final Battle and like challenged those guys, and that's when we were doing the Expedition of Gold. And I was saying like you know it's it's our the, the seven deities, my gods, have said that we have to be the best, greatest tag team in all of space and time. So we have to go wherever. You know, we're, we're going to win all the titles. And then we ended up leaving TNA, and it's funny, we left as the champions. We offered to come drop them, but Jeff Jarrett said, no, no, we're not going to have that. Just send the belts in. Send the belts in. Give them the, give them the helms. Give them the helms. Jeez. So we actually took the belts and dipped them in the lake and, uh, and reincarnated them. Someone who made special, you know, Broken Man Brother Nero belts. So we still have the TNA belts in, 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 you know, in lore, in the, in the Broken Universe lore. And then we showed up at Ring of Honor. We beat the Bucks for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. And then we had a, about a month there, which was kind of like a, a smokescreen designed to keep people off the trail of us returning to WWE. Gotcha, and gotcha. then we won the WWE Tag Titles, you know, at WrestleMania 33. So in reality, we really did fulfill the Expedition of Gold because we won all the major tag team titles that were available at that time. Jeff, uh, I've, I've used a, a character that I created in Japan called the Pain Maker. I've used it here a couple times. I saw something online about Will o the Wisp, the uh, the elusive, mythical Will o the Wisp. Oh, yeah. Is that something that you would want to do here? Because you never actually got to do that in WWE ever, did you? For sure, never did. I did it for a little bit in TNA. Yeah. Uh, and then people dug it, man. And, and the promos were so fun, man. Just like no limits, you know. And Willow's such a good. Back in our indie days, man, before we made it uh, to the to the E, you know, um, <laughs> the Willow e. was my main thing, man. Like it was Willow versus Surge, you know, that was was my main deal. And then Surge, I Surge, it was Matt's guy. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was if if we weren't teaming, we would typically work one another on these indie shows. Oh, that's we're doing great. The circuit, you know, and that's what we do. Like that's even how we got the match for the 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 original tag team ladder match against Adam and Jay, because Jeff and I we would do like, around the circuit we do ladder matches. Surge, Matt Hardy versus Will the Wisp, Jeff Hardy. That was our gig. So what would the promos be for Will of the Wisp? Like, like uh, they're, they're about anything, man. Pretty much, he was almost like an in betweener. Would you say like kind of one like super like? But because you have this other character that enables you to kind of be different from Jeff Hardy yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he's more like a kind of like a warlock slash witch or something. Um, yeah. But uh, he definitely, when I speak of the imagination, like he's well, the first character I pretty much ever kind of came up with. Uh, outside of myself um but yeah i think it could be done really well uh i just i think it's going to look a lot more the image of it and the apparel is going to be much better than last time <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but uh i even had the idea with me and darby like uh last week i said what if willow popped up towards the end after i take a bump on the stairs and and he just doesn't like in him he's a shell of the man he used to be <laughs> you know he like he puts me down like yeah, he's yeah. the demon inside me that's like you're you're pathetic you know uh, but I didn't pitch that naturally because, I mean, my ideas are flowing like crazy about what Willow could be in AEW. So, yeah, like a little different than The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the possibilities. One of my favorite bands is a German band called Halloween, and they have a song where it says, Willow the Wisps misguiding your path. And every time I hear that, I think, oh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned something creative, and Matt, you know this since you've been here longer. How is it for you? 
having the freedom now to be, we, we want you to be Jeff Hardy. We want you to be creative. It's kind of a little bit stifled in WWE. They don't, they want to be creative for you. How, how do you feel now about having the freedom to just, there's no limits to what you might want to do? Oh, I feel like, the, the, like limitless, you know, you know, uh, God, I mean, there's so many ideas. Even I, I pitched my first idea, it didn't go through, but, uh, for my singles matches, uh, I thought it'd be cool for us to have different music and that Hardy Boys music just be Hardy Boys music. So I had, for one of my new songs, I had uh, my producer guy like, it's, it's like, and it slows down straight into my song. But it didn't, it'd be like a what the F moment, you know, because yeah. what, what are we listening to? We've never heard this before, but, you know, I think it would grow on people. But uh, that's the first thing I've really, like, said. But um, yeah, the freedom feels amazing. Like, and, uh, and my ideas are, like, uh, overflowing. So I just need to keep writing and keep pitching that's it man do you, do you remember uh, when we first came in and uh when, when you showed up that first day in fort myers and we were talking about the segment that i was going to do with andrade and the hfo guys whatever before he debuted and you said okay uh you guys kind of got it figured out and i feel like you said you, you got to run that by like a writer or something yeah this was the best you know and i said there's not writers here brother <laughs> <laughs> and I was, he said oh, oh that's right i yeah, forgot i was like we don't have to rehearse this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah and that's like, seriously, is this real? There really is no writers? Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was just bullshit. Yeah, yeah right, oh, right. I remember the first time I had a match. It was the first match I had outside of WWE at the Tokyo Dome with Kenny. Yeah, yeah. And we put together the match, and I was like, so who do we have to talk to to get this approved? And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, like, do we have to talk to like the camera? Like, no. He starts laughing. Like, what do you mean get approved? What do you mean tell the cameraman? I was right. like, oh, well, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no freaking idea oh well i mean even that what a beginning of this chris jericho renaissance started yeah. there like it's so amazing well it made, it made it gave me creative freedom and that's when i felt like that's when i started falling in love with wrestling again not, yeah. not that i didn't before but just that the, what the concept of wrestling was before wwe which was the sky's the limit right you know and there's no uh levels of approval that you have to go through it's just that if it's going to be good then let's do it and we know you know once in a while it may not be as great as you expect, but for the most part, it usually is. Yeah. I mean, it's great to be allowed to, to take those risks, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes it just turns out absolutely magnificent. What Once in a while, you, you might not hit a home run, yeah. but, it, but it's, it's great. And I feel like that's what keeps you hungry and also like passionate as an artist when you, yeah. you still get to create like that. And sometimes that is very stifled in WWE. Let's talk as we start to wind down. I want to touch on uh, the, the, uh, Delete match, what do you call it? The cinema match you had with Sammy. What's it called? The the elite deletion. Elite deletion. Yeah. But that that uh, that feud was a little bit snake bit for uh, a while. Yeah. And, you know, it was a great matchup, and the final was great. But getting there was there was a, a few ups and downs. Yeah. You know, we we had that that one thing where uh, we were doing the pandemic era, and there was a a folding chair. I want to say on the other side of the guardrail, and Sammy's like, oh my god. He just kind of freaked out a little bit, and you end up throwing like a, you know, as opposed to a folding chair, like a Sabu. It's kind of, you know, as the terminology typically is in wrestling. He was going to like Sabu me with a chair, which was a lightweight chair, which I could protect myself. He picked up a chair that weighed about 43 pounds, and he like hurled it at me. And like literally, I put it in my hand. Thank God I put it in my hand some, and it still split my head wide open. Yeah, that, was a, that was a gusher. You know, so it was one of those things. And, and, and that blood, it was, that wasn't a terrible injury because I did get my hands up some. You know, and he just once again got nervous, and we talked about it, and everything was fine. You know, but like, as you said, too, it was like that blood really added something to our rivalry, and it made it real hot. 
And then we ended up doing the deal. And, and once again, I'll say this too. I'll take the heat for that deal even when I got knocked out doing the all-out match because we did those tables and we wanted to push them back a little further. We talked about how, how we are going to go up with the thing. And, like, I just didn't stay on top of it. And I should have. You know, and they didn't get back. And I, I, I should have either, A, not raised the thing as high or B, made sure I got those tables back. And I didn't. We were running around the very end of the night. Gotcha. And, and I hit that and obviously get, did get knocked out. And I was very aware. Like, once I came to be, like, Doc said I was speaking real well to him. You know, and it, once again, it was like a judgment call. I mean, we've never been put in that scenario. Yeah. But everybody here learned a, a lesson from it. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, I went. I had every single test under the sun, <laughs> which, you know, I had a CAT scan. And I had a... You know, uh, I, I did a MRI, MRI. I did everything for my head. No, no bleeding, no damage, no broken. And even the doctor said, like, you don't even seem concussed in theory, which I got knocked out. So, I mean, that was definitely a, a blow, which would be considered a concussion in, in that speak. But, like, it, it wasn't as bad as people thought it was. And, like, that, that, was a, that was a big incident that was, like, very frustrating to me because it was hard to get over and also hard for the company to get over, too. Well, it's one of those things that surprises me that, that you know, with, you mentioned about stuntmen work. With all the crazy things we do, like when I fell off the cage, blood and guts, yeah. you know, people were like bagging on the fact that it was a platform that broke, and it's like, well, what do you expect? And also, Unreal, also on top of that, there was like these stage lights, literally three inches. I fell so far back because you know the stunt man says he tried this way. They don't know what, like when you go, we're going for it. My right. head just barely missed these rack of lights. Like that, that would have been, f- yeah, you know. But we just this is what it is when it's live entertainment i think people fans think they know everything now oh yeah and appreciate all the access they have you still don't know just how freaking dangerous this right. could be right you know even like you said jeff with, with that bump you took on the stairs one inch either way i mean who knows right or darby's bump on the chairs it's like people just think it's just average stuff but this is very life yeah <laughs> death defying you know things that we do I mean, it, it, it sure. really is. It is. A, it is like a live, breathing stuntman. Yeah, a stuntman in the middle of this athletic sporting contest. You know, yeah. and and these chances we take, even though we take these calculated risks, I mean, they're still very real. And and it just once again shows how good we are that people don't get hurt all the time right. doing this stuff because we really do take these crazy risks for their entertainment. What's the worst bump that you ever took? Do you remember one? Does one stand up for you guys? Yeah, mine, without a doubt, was, uh, it was me and RVD, and I, I w- wanted to go through this table vertical for some reason. I had to get it cleared through vents. Uh, but it was from like a 12 or 14-footer, uh, but the table was like vertical, so I wanted to kind of go through the framing or whatever. And so, so instead, of, instead of hitting it like a, like a cross, you wanted like, to hit it straight exactly, on. Exactly, yeah, to see yeah. if I would like go through like the frame double it, yeah. or whatever. And, uh, and Rob moved, and that table exploded. Oh, it just, oh, my God, it knocked the wind out of me. I just couldn't breathe. thought I broke my back. It was <laughs> terrible, and I was like, why did I do that? Okay, well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Uh, really, when, when I start thinking about it, I – Especially compared to that all-out blow where, you know, I was speared from Sammy and, and got knocked out there. There was a time where there was an Extreme Rising promotion, which was kind of like a remake. Some of the guys that did ECW, and they were trying to bring this back, like, in the early 2010s. And I was booked on some of those shows, and I did it. And there was a spot where I was going up to the top, actually, to jump off and, like, you know, supposedly put Shane Douglas through a table. And a guy that I was shooting with, this guy named Luke Hawks, came, and he would shoved me. And I wasn't all the way set on the top, and I ended up eating it. I didn't make it to the guardrail. I ended up eating it, and I got knocked out on the concrete. And this being knocked out here was much worse than the one I had it all out because after I came to be, I was fine, and there was no injuries, whatever. Like, you know, I was knocked out. I was almost – I was throwing up. 
I, you know, I was like, I was, a, I was a mess. That yeah. was definitely a legit hardcore concussion. So that, that is probably the, the worst one that I can think of off the top of my head. For me, it was the one-winged angel on a chair for the finish of that Tokido match. Mm. And it's nothing crazy, but that one got me to this day. It still, it still hurts. Wow. Because the one-winged, you're kind of like... Yeah. You're, you're not taking a flap up. You're almost like a, like a concave, like a circle, because he's holding yeah, your yeah, leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on that chair, and for whatever reason, man, that one, I remember I couldn't walk the next day. And still, sometimes in the morning when I get up, it's like I have the exact spot. Oh, there it is. You know I mean? Oh my god! And then also, once you're an, once you're an elder like one of us, you don't bend like you used to, brother. <laughs> an elder, an elder. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. An elder. <laughs> Jeff, one of the, the the last things I want to ask you is: is your uh, face paint is just amazing? I watch you on social media when you're in WWE, where you paint the eyes on your eyelids, which is so cool. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, where did that one come up? And, and I'm assuming you, you have to put it on with one eye closed, then close the other eye. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I get so much joy out of it's it. Amazing. Like, and when I don't have, like, that's why I'm kind of freaking out. You know, when I have an hour, I feel really comfortable. I can get in that real peaceful state of mind and really like do do good work. But uh, I did it in a YouTube video, like for some reason, back when I started a YouTube channel, like God, back in oh, I don't know, maybe oh nine or something. Uh, but anyway, and I, I painted these eyes on my eyes. I think it was from some movie I'd seen. The guy had eyes on his eyes. Let me try that for this video. But then I said, wow, this would be great for, for what I'm doing in, in, in the wrestling world uh, for my entrances. And so I just it's just evolved and evolved. And, and TNA is where I really took it to the next level. And yeah, it's just kind of became its thing now. And that's I get so much pride out of seeing an action figure that comes out and has this cool face paint on and that's why I spend so much time doing that that's why it's there's so many different cool action figures that and, that are immortal you know well, and the fact that you paint like a side of the face so like you turn this way you can see a full face you it turn looks like a little yeah. person inside yeah it's, yeah, little, sure. yeah. it's like Quato from uh, Total Recall yeah right <laughs> it, it's also it's, it, it's, it's really a, a pleasure to watch him do that too it's like such a cathartic experience for him, for the, for the artists within Jeff Hardy. Just actually creating this art of this face paint that he's going to wear into, into combat is like really a cathartic experience for him. It's fun to watch. Did you start doing that? Uh, I remember you started doing that randomly. just felt one day I'm going to put paint, face paint on. Yeah, when I brought it back, I think in WWE is when I was doing, I was getting that big push uh, going into this big match with Taker. Was that also did Freddie Prince kind of? Freddie, he had a lot to do with the push, I think. It, right? yeah. yeah, but yeah, and they were like, yeah, let it, why don't we paint his face again to see how it goes? And that's when it kind of, but it was kind of brutal back in the day compared to now. It's kind of it's evolved so much. Uh, you, yeah. you look back at the old ones, you're like embarrassed, right? You're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and it's, oh. it's kind of so, <laughs> so funny. You're but so yeah, crazy. and now it's just like. Uh, God, back then, even like 08, 07, 08, 09, I could, if I felt like painting my face, I'd paint it. If I didn't, I didn't, you know, and that, that was kind of one cool thing about me back then. But now when I see some of the fans have the face paint, I'm going, man, I can't let them down. I got to yeah. do it like every, but it's cool every, every now and then not to have it painted. It's just kind of the way I'm feeling uh, during the day. And sometimes you just don't have time to put all that work into it if you rush right. for a match or whatever. How, uh, how long does it take about an hour you said to get to it? I can do a pretty good job in 30 minutes, but like when I have an hour is, is, is when, when I'm comfortable. Like uh, my first match to qualify for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament against uh, Bobby Fish, that was rushed like a, ma a maniac, and I just did a half kind of half face <laughs> job, and it was it was brutal. Oh man, but but you know that's that's the way it goes, man. Uh, but yeah, I love it when I have the time. Last two questions for you. you mentioned the Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament that we're doing here. You are two of the only guys that worked with Owen. 
in this company. Yeah. I mean, Dustin and maybe Christian are the only right. other two that I can think of. Do you have a favorite Owen story that, that stands out in your head or a, a, a match or something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, one of, one of my favorite Owen stories is the first time... I read my mind on this one. Oh yeah. Go ahead and go. Well, I, one thing, it just the, the the first time he ripped me, so to say, like I didn't know him. We were just an extra. This is 1994, fall of 1994, God. and I, I'm wrestling on uh, in the Stabler Arena in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So we're there, and he goes, "Oh yeah, well, you know, you guys, you know, people really like the Hardy Kids. You know, they take good bumps for for all the guys, whatever." He says, "He says I really want to highlight you in the match." He said, "I have an idea, but I want to make sure you, you've mastered it. And you've got it down." He said, "He said follow me," and we walk out into the concourse. And he has like this big tarp, you know, like you would cover up something if it's going to rain. Uh, a big plastic tarp and it's laid out like 16 by 16, 18 by 18. He said, all right, let's just get down on all fours in the center. He said, let's pretend like this is the ring. He said, let's say I take you down. And then like I want you to take off and like try and get to the ropes. But then I'll stop you before you get there. And then you'll, you'll go 90 degrees to your left and you'll try and get to the ropes there. And then I'll stop you again. Then you'll go 90 degrees to the left and we'll go to all four sides. And it'll really like you're resilient and you'll look great in this. And I, and I do it and we crawl. He said, that was really good. He said, let's do it again. I go, God, this kind of hurts my knees. Let me do it Kind of shorts or whatever, and then he says, "Oh, that that was really good." He said, "You've almost smashed it. Let's try it again." And we do it like four or five times, and then like the fifth time, he's asking me to do it. I go, "Dude, are, are you like messing with me?" He's like, "Yes." He said, "What took you so long to catch on?" So he's just standing there as you're crawling all around yeah, on the damn tarp, like riding me. You know what I mean? And I'm and I'm, I'm banging my hands and beating on the concrete underneath this tarp, and he gets so much enjoyment out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just so thing. funny. Yeah, but it was like a great bonding experience. He was always super nice to us from there, and I'm like blown away that at no point you you, you didn't get to work him at all. Never. That's, That's so wild. crazy. One of the one of the reasons, like, if you gave me a top ten. If I gave you a top ten list of why I was leaving WCW to become WWE, number nine or ten would have been for the chance to work against so hard. Oh, wow! Yeah, and he passed away three months before I got there. God. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? You got a, fa- a favorite? You oh, might have to help me with details on this yeah. one, but it, was it Hakushi? The guy who used to have the fake tattoos. Hakushi. Yeah. 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 Hakushi. yeah. yeah. He was riding with Owen and somebody else. But uh, oh, tell yeah. me if you remember this. Yeah, I do. They had the heat. It was like in the summer, hot as hell, and they had the heat wide open in the car, and they picked up a hitchhiker. Like kind of just messing with him, right? Like he's an American now. He's in a new place, and I don't remember the Kushi. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember the payout. But I want to say it was Owen and Davy Boy, right? Of course, Davy Boy. Yeah, Yeah. I believe you're right. Yeah, but they picked up a hitchhiker, and I forget where it went from there. But I said, no way, y'all were just messing with him that much. Yeah, like they 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 picked up a hitchhiker, and and they got in there, and and apparently they turned the temperature up to like 99 degrees or how what (laughs) the, the the hottest they could put in the car. And like Hakushi was in, sweating. and he was sweating, and and the, and the the hitchhiker that they picked up, who they put in the bag, they said, "You you have to excuse our friend. He has this very rare disease. If it doesn't stay over ninety five degrees, <laughs> that's what it was. He'll get intensely sick." And Hakushi can't understand any of this because he doesn't speak any English. And this hitchhiker's in the back, like sweating his balls off. And then Hakushi's over there going, Whoo. and then they go, "No, no, no, no!" And he says, "No, no, please, I, I, me need, I need, I need." And go, okay. And then, and then the hitchhiker gets in, and then he, he just just popped themselves. Yeah. Hakushi and this hitchhiker, and they're sweating out, and they're like playing them against one another. And they're ribbing themselves. And they're so ribbing they're themselves in the process. Yeah, that's what it was. To just get a good laugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember and they, them. They, they were laughing about it, and they had video. They'd shot with a little camcorder, and they were showing everybody. Hakushi was just like, he had this 
town. He's just That's what it was. Yeah. Head. It was just like sweating bullets. God, I was so young. I just remember hearing that and just falling out. This is a wild. This is a wild life. <laughs> what a business, man. Oh my God. He yeah, used to call sure. people, and 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 I, I think people caught on to this rib in the hotels all the time. And say, yeah, I'm down here. I'm downstairs. I got your pizza. You know, he would do that to every hotel, especially because <laughs> it has to be an Italian accent. Yeah. It's a pizza, right? <laughs> You're in freaking Charlotte oh or something. <laughs> last la- last oh, question wow. for you. What's your favorite match you ever had as the Hardy as the Hardy Boys? With your brother, mm. that's uh, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. There's so many memorable matches that we have really had. I mean, the, the first things that stand out uh, are probably like the you know the tag team ladder match. That was kind of the match. It really the classic, the yeah, yeah. With the Dudleys, the uh, with Edge and Christian, Edge Christian, sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah. The the tag team ladder match. Mm. But then we also have to look to the all the TLC matches, which they were you know something will live in infamy. Yeah. You know about now because uh, we that kind of became like a genre of pro wrestling after sure we did. Yep. did all the work to to make it happen. The uh, uh, WrestleMania 17 TLC two is, is definitely one of my favorites. You know, being at such a big venue and like we were a match that really stole know, the show, s- stood out on the show. So yep. uh, those those are a couple of my favorite ones. The Unforgiven tag team match in 2002 after. The first TLC where we actually won the tag titles, it was a cage match. I really liked that match a lot, too. And I felt like we were, at that point, really deserving of the tag team titles. Mm. The first time we won them from the, from the APA or the Acolytes, we, we, they, the titles were just there to help us. Yeah. You know, we weren't like the best tag team or the most over tag team, whatever. And by the time we won them the second time, we, we really had earned that honor of having the tag titles. And plus... We were supposed to win them in the TLC match, and I remember Vince said, "Well, I can't have you guys win here in Raleigh. Everybody knows you're going to win. Everybody knows you're going to win." <laughs> and we've been heaven short. forbid. I mean, but that's kind of what we want, right? It's right, like the yeah, payoff exactly. and the blow up. That's right. You know? So, I, I looking back in hindsight, I really wish we would have won on that night at that first TLC. But like, uh, I'm very happy with the cage match we had at the next pay per view, and we actually did win there. Jeff, yeah, mine would probably be the one. Well, I'll, I love them all, but um, the the TLC when the spear happened because yeah. just that night rehearsing it. I was like, this is so cool. It's going to be so amazing. Uh, That's when you were hanging from yeah, the and, and Bubba pulls the ladder back to give me a little momentum in the oh, edge of Spear off the ladder. And, and just, just uh, like such a super. Even in the, the tag, just the tag team ladder match with Edge and Christian, that like sent us on our way, man. Yeah. I mean, to the, to the damn moon. Uh, but I always, man, it'd be so cool if somebody could hang up there and do some kind of spot. And sure enough, we were able to do it a couple times. The timing times. on that is insane. Like You, oh, you couldn't yeah, do that sure. again. You, well, you, you could, but you couldn't do that again if you tried, for, in most cases. For sure, yeah, yeah. We were very lucky, man. That, that came off the way it did. But then the one with uh, me and Devon hanging up there together is an awesome memory, too. Because, see, I was, like, all, all young and strong and, like, got my arms bent. He was, like, straight-armed. I was kicking the hell out of him. He's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Stop. Stop, stop kicking me, Jeff. Stop kicking me. And he was I'm not ready. Terrified He's terrified of heights. <laughs> Still to this day, that's our ongoing thing. I am never hanging up there with you again. <laughs> so, yeah, I love all that, man. Uh, so many classic moments for the yeah. Hardy Boys, and we're excited to have you guys here in AW and see uh, many more classic matches. Yeah, for Great sure, stuff. man. Thank you, guys. The future's waiting. Definitely so.